Welcome to episode 14 of The World and Everything You Need to Know. There are two ways to contact the show if you have comments, concerns, or questions you would like addressed and answered. They are TWAEYNTK at gmail.com and TWAEYNTK on Twitter. This episode covers Plato's Cave and the Divided Line, along with the Sun, which is a key part of Plato's most notable allegory. Don't run away, this will be brief, succinct, and painless. To start with, Plato uses the sun to represent intelligence, truth, and what he perceives as good, which appears to be a combination of the previous two components. He interchanges the metaphor of the sun with intelligence, truth, and good quite frequently, making it appear to the reader that these are all the same thing. On the other end of the spectrum is absolute darkness, where there is no intelligence at all and everything is complete nonsense. Plato's cave is a scenario in which he describes a cave deep underground where no daylight can reach. Within the cave, there are prisoners who sit facing a wall. They never look behind themselves and they never look to the side. All day and all night, they contentedly sit facing the wall. Behind the prisoners burns a small fire pit. Between the fire pit and the backs of the prisoners, a couple of puppeteers move items back and forth so shadows are cast upon the wall where the prisoners can't observe them. There are items like fruit baskets, chairs, drinking cups, and even the puppeteers themselves. The shadows cast upon the wall are clear enough representations that the prisoners are able to identify what the shadows must be. These dark figures cast upon the wall are the only reality the prisoners know. One day, one of the prisoners stands up and turns around. In the darkness of the cave, the prisoner now sees the objects in the dim illumination from the fire. He now realizes there is much more to his environment than he had previously believed. As he walks around the cave, he discovers a gradient ascending upwards. At the very top of the path, he can see a very bright light, much brighter than the fire pit in the cave below. It is, of course, the opening of the cave, which leads to the outside world. As he exits the cave, he finds everything blindingly bright, to such a degree that at first he has to shield his eyes with his hands and only look at the ground immediately in front of him. Everything he sees, he is seeing for the first time. Because of this, and because of how much novelty there is, the prisoner at first is both confused and scared. He has to reorganize everything he once believed to be true and try to align it and put it into perspective with the amazing and colorful world before him. As his eyes adjust, he sees grass and trees and rabbits and other plants and animals. Then he notices they all cast shadows upon the ground, and the shadows change shape depending on the orientation of the object. At this point, all of the information he knew previously when he only stared at shadows on the wall becomes integrated with all of the new discoveries and enlightenment he has found. Finally, being able to process it all, he no longer feels the need to shelter his eyes with his hands, and he takes in the beauty and the majesty of the world before him in its entirety. He then turns his gaze to the sky above him, where at last he sees the sun.
In this moment, there is clarity unknown to him before in his realization that the sun, in effect, is what has allowed everything on the earth to grow and flourish. He is amazed and awed by this revelation, finding it almost impossible at this point to think in the ways he used to when he had been held captive and ignorant watching the shadows on the wall of the cave. Despite this, or perhaps because of it, he feels an obligation to go back and tell the other prisoners about what he has found. Upon returning, he finds the other prisoners have not moved. They remain with their backs to the fire, staring contentedly at the shadows on the wall. He excitedly tells them about the grass and the trees and the flowers, but the prisoners do not believe him. To them he seems crazy, and most of what he is saying they find difficult to comprehend. He urges them in the very least to simply turn around so they can see the fire pit burning behind them, but they will not do it. For them, there is no reason to disrupt their understanding of the world. What the man tells them is inconceivable, frightening, and unbelievable. Eventually, the man grabs one of the prisoners and forcefully turns him to look at the fire pit burning in the middle of the cave. The prisoner is shocked and horrified. His understanding of his world has been radically changed. The prisoner violently attacks the man as the man tries to drag the prisoner to the surface so the prisoner can see and understand the true wonder and beauty of the world. This allegory can be used to explain and understand a number of different things, one of which is knowledge and intelligence. People's perception of their world and how it functions is a direct reflection of their knowledge and education. Information that challenges a person's understanding of their world is generally not welcomed because it forces people to reevaluate what they once thought to be true, and in the worst case scenarios, it can make individuals doubt themselves and their own personal worth. Learning and education does not come easy for everybody. We all perform at different levels. That is part of what makes us individuals. However, it is clear that more educated and more intelligent people tend to be more open to new ideas and also tend to be more critical of their own beliefs. Which brings us to the next point, the divided line. It may help to get a piece of paper and something to write with. This is not a narrative like the cave, it is a conceptual explanation. Draw a straight horizontal line of any length. For this purpose, it will be a little easier if the line is about 8 inches long. Now draw a small hash mark or perpendicular line about one-third of the way starting from the left end. This will present one-third of the line to the left and two-thirds of the line to the right of the hash mark. Now once again, divide each of those segments in the same manner leaving a third of the area to the left and two-thirds of the area to the right of each hash mark. Now it is a horizontal line with three perpendicular hash marks along its length. On the far left end of the line, make another mark and label it A, and then label the next hash mark B, and the next one C, and then D. On the far right end, make another mark and label it point E. This is a representation of the visible world and intelligence. On the far right end of the line, point E, is the sun, to refer back to the original analogy. This is complete understanding and knowing. 
On the far left end is point A, which is complete darkness. It is complete nonsense. There is no real logic or predictability there. Plato states that the area between A and B is belief. A person may believe whatever they wish, but that does not necessarily make it true. The area between B and C is the physical world, but only in a fundamental rudimentary way. Rocks are hard, water is wet, fire is hot. From point C to point D is abstract thinking and conceptual knowledge, like Pythagorean's theorem and the theory of relativity. The area in the last segment, D to E, is true understanding and knowing. One way of thinking about this is the appropriate application of knowledge found in segment C to D in a variety of situations. Another way to look at it is the relationship of any object or idea to all of the previous segments on the line, or how it is represented physically or conceptually in areas A to B, B to C, and C to D. Using the cave analogy, area A to B is where the prisoners are contentedly watching the shadows on the wall. Nothing is real beyond light and shadow, and there is no interaction with the real world. Area B to C happens when the prisoner turns around to find there are physical objects casting the shadows upon the wall. As the prisoner makes his way outside, he enters area C to D on the line. When he looks up at the sun and realizes it is responsible for everything on earth, he has achieved understanding as defined by the area between D and E. Plato places religion and belief in the first segment AB. Undeniable truth and facts are found in segment DE. In total, the analogies of the sun, the line, and the cave provide an explanation of how learning and knowledge work. For instance, in primary school, algebra and calculus appear incomprehensible, seeming as if people are only pretending to understand something beyond comprehension. However, with some education and practice, learning these abstract ways of thinking end up giving individuals a greater understanding of their environment. Doing so makes the prior knowledge of addition and subtraction seem much more elemental and simple to a point that it is hard to believe everybody does not share the same level of mathematical knowledge. To borrow from the analogy, this understanding helps illuminate how confusing, frustrating, and incomprehensible unknown areas of knowledge can seem. A final point worth reiterating is what happens to the former prisoner when he tries to drag the ignorant man to the surface. Despite his best intention, he is fought with extreme violence the whole way. This is an important realization to make. People cannot be forced to learn. When individuals are willfully ignorant, selectively and actively ignoring logic and facts, there is no way to help them because they are afraid of learning the truth.